Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing guest joining us, a music artist, Robert G. Moore Jr., and he is joining us from Ohio today. The third person from Ohio. I don't know what God is doing here, but I think he's speaking. (laughs) (laughs) But... Great. Great to have you here today, Robert. How are you? Thank you for having us. I'm honored just to be uh, your guest on this program today. I'm doing my, great. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm just going to give our audience a quick synopsis of who you are, and then I'll give you the, the floor here. So Bishop Robert G. Moore Jr. is a musician and Christian artist who uses his passion for music to express his spiritual gifts for ministry. Come on, we need more of that. He has released two CD albums, Seek Him and Anointed, and serves as a devotional leader choir member, and musician at Calvary Hill Church of God in Christ. And you have a love and talent for music, and you've been preaching since 1988. Is yes. that right? Yes, Man. sir. And he is known for his blend of music and ministry together and using his gifts to inspire people and uplift the community. So it's a pleasure to have you again. Go ahead, Robert. Just tell us a little bit about your story, a little bit deeper, how you met the Lord, why you continue to be a Christian throughout your life. You know, that's an amazing uh, thing that you would ask it in such a manner. <laughs> I was a, a graduate, Shaw High School, 1980. Uh, that was in East Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, two years after just getting out of high school, um, I got saved at a revival. And that came about about me playing with a young lady who was a, a missionary. She's a missionary in the church, and I was playing with her son. We playing football. That was very my mouth. I had such a foul yeah. mouth. Oh, my God. Every other word that came out of my mouth was cussed, was a cussing word. You know, mother this, bleep that, bleep, bleep, mm-hmm. bleep. And so the young lady called her son in the house and says, I don't want you playing with that young man. He has a terrible mouth. But then the Spirit of the Lord touched her heart. And says he wouldn't have a terrible mouth if you introduced him to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, I know it was the Holy Spirit, let her know he just needs to be saved. She came out into the football field while we were playing. And I was always uh, taught to respect my elders. And uh, she said, young man, would you go to church? And, you know, when she came out, I stopped cursing immediately. We grew up in that Mm -hmm. day. We didn't cuss around adults. So I stopped cursing immediately. And she invited uh, me to go to church with her. She said, and I was raised in the church by my mother, Evangelist Pearl Lee Moore. So I knew all about church, singing, shouting, the dancing, the speaking in tongues. I knew all about that. I was very familiar with that. So when she asked me, I said, you know, to prevent her from stopping us because she had stopped us from playing football. I wanted to play football. And then I told her, yes. 
Well, when you know, two days later, Sunday, she's knocking at my door. At that time, I was living with my brother. My brother said, did you promise this woman down the street you were going to church with her? And I was sleeping. I said, yeah. He said, well, you better get up because she's here at the front door. And that's how it all began. I went to revival at Calvary Hill. You just read it, Church of God in Christ. And uh, it was a revival gentleman out of Youngstown. There we go again, Ohio. Uh, Bishop, Bishop Emmett Neville Sr. was running the revival there. And I got saved uh, that night, gave my life over to uh, the Lord. And um, before then, I was in a R&B group. You know, I've always been playing instrument. I play trumpet. And uh, the group was called People Laugh When I Say It. Cosmic Funk. That's when the <laughs> funk band was out back funk. then. You know, you had yes. all of it, Funkadelics, you know, Wild Cherry. Can we still find some of your music? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You can hear this all right. Got to check it out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these, you know, great Ohio players, all these great funk groups. And uh, so I was in a band like that, and we won a couple of contests in, in the city. We traveled over. And so when I got saved, the Lord says, okay, now you take that talent and you use it to my glory and to mm. my honor. And I, I was like, well, if I could play for the devil, I sure enough now can play for God. And I began playing trumpet and, and writing. And as I grew, I thank God for the church mothers. We don't have church mothers like that today. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was about me, but those church mothers stayed on me. They kept me in church. I was, I, it was like they were determined I was going to be saved. <laughs> I, I don't know what got in them, but they were determined this young man was going to be somebody in the body of Christ. And I stayed with those church mothers, came to revival, and the Lord just started using the gifts. You know, we hear the story about the talents. This one man had five talents. Jesus tells it about the other man that had three and the one that had one. The one that used his five gained five more and three uh, uh, was it two? I'm sorry, two gained two more. And the one that had one, you know, he buried his. And I, I refused to bury the talent. That yep. God had given me. And I just started. Um, I started a group. The first group was an all instrumental group called Prayer. And uh, it was uh, organist, a bass. Uh, we had an organ, a bass player, the drummer and me on trumpet. And uh, we began to write songs. That was the name of my first group uh, called Prayer. And then we advanced. And while at the same time, um, I was called to the deaconate board as far as being a deacon in the Lord's Church. And uh, I went from the deacon and those church mothers. I told you, they said, oh, you're more than a deacon. Because when I would get up and speak, you know, they would always say, oh, you sound like a preacher. You're going to be a preacher one day. Mm -hmm. And I went from and I was like, no, I didn't want to be a preacher. I was running from the calling. And the next thing I knew, I was in a, a service. We were just in a regular Sunday night service. Um, and the Lord just spoke to me um, as everybody else around me was speaking in tongues. I could hear God call me. I could hear God speak to me in English as they were speaking in tongue. God was saying to me, I have called you with a holy call. And I will never forget that because I, I never I was like, oh, my God, this is I an audible voice. This is the audible. I have mm -hmm. called you with a holy calling and I have called you to take and preach my word, to preach the gospel. And I'm looking around and they're, they're hearing me speak in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues, but God is speaking to me in a language where I could understand it. I accepted the calling at that point forward. I believe that was 1986 and uh, started ministering then. And I just started using uh, the gifts of God that he, he had given unto me, which was one was preaching. Uh, another one was exhortation. Another one uh, was singing and another one was writing songs. 
And I began to write songs on my first album. I would have to attribute my first album, Seek Him, was definitely through a journey in my life that I was going through. And all of those songs, when I when I think about them now, uh, Seek Him, uh, uh, Try Christ, uh, and I think about all the songs that's on that first a uh, album or CD. It was mm -hmm. an album back then, but it's a CD now. Maybe, what's it, the MP MP3 now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the streaming now, right? Yeah, what is it called now? I don't know what it's called now. But that that uh, was a testimonial of songs of how God saved me and how he brought me from such a real rough and rugged life. I, I came from the street, so I had hood in me. You know, still yeah. some of the things to say, I still got a little hood in me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a hood to the glory of God and honor of God, yeah. uh, because as I speak boldly, I preach boldly. Amen. And I just thank God for that. We went from that to uh, my bishop and pastor, Bishop J. Delano Ellis. He saw something in me once we uh, went to that church. Actually, I don't want to forget a church because they always get on me and say, you forgot you went to Solomon's Temple. Mm. I was at Solomon's Temple. Uh, and um, for a while, Albert Salters was the pastor, and uh, I had a pastor named Andrew Butts came, heard one of my songs. I was over the praise team, and that song was he, yeah, B L E S S I N G blessing. Yeah, one more time, B L E S. That and that was one of the songs. He keeps on blessing me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He keeps on blessing me. And he was at that time over the Northeast Ohio Mass Choir. And he mm. asked me, uh, did I want to record that song? And I was like, wow, yes, I feel honored. And so I began uh, to join, join with the Northeast Ohio Mass Choir and begin to travel. They called me and uh, paid for my flight. I went all the way down to Houston, Texas. Yeah, to sing that song. He keeps on blessing me. And everything just started going up ever, uh, ever since then. As I begin to now do music, I'm preaching, I'm writing plays, I'm doing all of these things. And wow. my Bishop Ellis, when I was at the church on 105 in Chester, Pentecostal Church of Christ, Bishop Jesse Delano Ellis, saw something in me more than just singing, more than just um, a group and, uh, and writing albums. Uh, he pretty much had said to me, and this is going to shock you, he told me that I should shut down my group and focus more on preaching. Now, that was a little tough pill for me to swallow mm -hmm. at that time. But because I honored leadership and I believed in leadership, mm -hmm. it's one thing that Church of God in Christ taught me is that you honor leadership. And for whatever reason, God had him to ask me to just pretty much disband my group. I had a mm -hmm. singing, very popular singing group in the city of Cleveland. Uh, it was entitled Elder Robert G. Moore Jr. and Friends. And when I did that, oh, my God, my members cried and they wrote him letters. I won't say what they said in the letters. But they, wrote him, yeah. they wrote him letters. But because and to this day, I mm. believe out of my obedience to my spiritual leader, even though I did not understand it, it made me think about um, it made me think about Joshua. When Moses is down at the Red Sea and Joshua is a warrior and the Egyptians is coming up behind him, Joshua was ready to fight. He wants to get the people together, but he has to trust Moses. And Moses' command for him was, I know you're a general. I know you think we should be preparing for war. But Moses' uh, direction for him was to stand still mm -hmm. and see the glory of God. Stand still and see verse. God's glory. Yeah. So uh, it turned out to be a blessing to me. I, I began mm -hmm. to focus on preaching. 
Uh, he put me up several times in the ministry at Pentecostal Church of Christ. Uh, from there, he saw something in me. A, a opening came up within one of the churches that's part of our organization uh, where it extended me the opportunity to pastor. I got married and uh, he called me to his office. And upon me getting married, I thought he was going to write me a check. I was going to say, yeah, we need a check. You know, <laughs> money answers all things, the Bible yeah. says. <laughs> and instead of writing me a check, he says, um, I'm sending you to pastor this church in Youngstown. And at that time, that church was Faith Temple United Pentecostal Church of Christ. Uh, I was so excited and I was just like, wow, what a great opportunity. And um, when I began to ask about the membership, what's the membership there? I say, oh, it's got about 112 members. I was like, oh, I'm really getting excited. I get a chance now. And I just feel this is God really blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. And we get there and there are only five members in the church. <laughs> That's that's tough. Five members in the church. And and my wife asked me, she said, is Bishop Ellis mad at you? And I said, no, honey, he's not mad at me. Yeah. But I looked at it not because I've never been a pastor that was set on numbers. The mm -hmm. numbers. I know the numbers will come if you got a good message. The numbers will come eventually. But I had thanked God and I thanked him. He gave me something that nobody else did. And that was yeah. called an opportunity. He gave me a church. He gave me a church building. He even gave me a few members with that church. And he says, now the rest is up to you. I immediately began to pray. And we had prayer every Wednesday at 12 noon. I can uh, on countless Wednesdays. I was there Wednesdays. I was there by all by myself, but I was determined to do the work of the Lord. And God has blessed us uh, since we've been there. We moved on to now we're in a building. The first building we were in. Um, we maybe could seat 85 to 85 to 90 people standing room only, but now the Lord blessed us, uh, in the last, we've been in this building since 2009. So in 14 years, we've been in this building that's over 33,000 square feet. We Man. got room upon room upon ton, room upon room. room and it's nothing. Wow. And I believe that was because I really credit most of that to me honoring, first of all, honoring leadership honoring the man of God that I entrusted with my spiritual uh, walk with the Lord, honoring him, respecting him to shut down something I love for a later time to be able to continue. And uh, it has turned out to be a tremendous blessing. So uh, we've been there now uh, 20, this is our 20, this will be our 22nd year that we've been pastoring, still writing songs, still doing CDs, still doing albums. Um, 22 years now, that's where we're at. <laughs> You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Don't miss out on the chance to elevate your relationship with God and live an extraordinary life with Soaring for the Kingdom by Desla Christian. This guidebook is filled with practical advice, real stories, and lessons from God's Word to help you overcome common fears and questions about your faith walk. Order your copy of Soaring for the Kingdom on Amazon today and start your journey towards a closer walk with God. Do you ever struggle with grief and find it hard to see God's glory in the midst of it? Join Miss Lydia on her podcast, Love My Sheep, as she shares her personal journey with grief and how God's love and faithfulness helped her find hope and healing. 
Through her inspiring stories and insightful discussions, you'll discover how to navigate grief while keeping your eyes fixed on the glory of God. Listen to Love My Sheep on all mainstreaming platforms today. Praise and it's God. all God. Praise God. I love this about the opportunity because that's a hard lesson to learn, but such yes. a vital lesson to learn. Because here in Brazil as a missionary as well, I preached in front of hundreds of people and I preached in a room of five people, you know, and the Lord is telling me, you're ministering to me, my son. Yeah, yes, you're not absolutely. ministering to them. You're ministering to me. You're and that's it, you know. Absolutely. And that's what's, that that's what's changed. You know, I, I had to learn that. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yep. And my wife she used to she used to ask me. She I wish she was here now. I would bring her in. She would jump her jump right in and say, "Yeah, I did." She used to say, "Why you preach so hard? Why you just? It's only five people here. Why are you preaching so hard?" I said, "I would. I want to preach the same way I would as if the house was filled. <laughs> so if I'm going to preach that way, if the house is filled, I need to also preach that way with just five. Because Jesus says, where there are two or three gathered in my name, he yep. says he's also in the midst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you a crazy question. I know you don't have to choose here, but if you had to choose to preach for the rest of your life or to sing for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? <laughs> that's tough. I'll be honest <laughs> You can't divide you. the two, tough. but I, you got to That's a tough today. question. But I, I would have to say, because uh, understanding the talents and the ability God has given me, you know, I believe God has blessed me to write. God has blessed me to sing. But preaching is definitely, it, it would just take um, uh, preeminence over everything else. Preaching, yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, and how I do you balance preaching. those two in your life today? Because it sounds like you have a lot going on in both both areas. Oh, and absolutely. thankfully, you could do, do it together. But do, how do you balance I'm really, those? Uh, I'm one of the, well, I'm not one of the few because I notice I, I see a lot of pastors now doing it. Uh, I, I'm on our praise team, so I'm singing tenor on the praise team. Uh, sometimes I pick up my horn. I play the, you know, I play along with the musicians, and I'm preaching. So I, I love to do it. I love to do it all because these are the gifts and talents uh, God has given to me. Um, but I focus mainly on souls. Who's who heard the message? After I'm done, the altar is filled. Our altar is just about filled every Sunday. Somebody's getting saved. Somebody's getting renewed uh, or rededicated back to Christ. And that is the result of the preach word. Mm -hmm. Music maybe can bring uh, some emotional healing, but it's the preaching that brings deliverance. You speak any other languages, Robert? Yes, English. That's it. <laughs> just English. <laughs> That's Wait a minute. And I speak in tongue as the Spirit and of speak God. In hey, That's a... That's that's it. excellent. You know, we need that one too. <laughs> here in Brazil, um, they speak Portuguese. A lot of people think it's Spanish, but it's actually Portuguese. It's Portuguese here in okay. Brazil. And when you translate the word pastor into Portuguese, it's actually shepherd. Wow! It's a really really cool translation that I've understood. And it's because the, what does the shepherd do? They're not just hey, do this, do this, sheep. You know, they do yeah. the hard work too. They're they're doing all of it. They're doing everything. And so you saying Absolutely. that makes me think of that's the pastor. You know. That's our, yes. we're the shepherd. We have to lead the people, do all the things, play the music, sing the song, you know, like that's awesome. I haven't had that opportunity to do all of those things yet, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it one day. And that door is going to open for you and just be ready to step in and set the example because people follow a leader that leads by example. Mm -hmm. So if you see me with a broom in my hand and I can sweep the floor and I can yeah. uh, maybe pick up something or take the trash to the trash can, if they see me do that, it says, wow, our pastor, we have a pastor that leads by example. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier now. So when you ask them to do those things, they don't have a real big issue because they've seen you do it. That's amazing. Yeah, we, we ha we've kind of built this culture of the not of the untouchables. 
the past and the untouchable. He has his circle of group, the people he talked to, you know, pastor, can we get a meeting? Ah, I don't know. Can we go out to eat? I don't know. You know, but now you're doing it. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, you know, to be a shepherd or to to be a pastor, you have to be attainable. If you're not attainable to the people, Moses was so attainable that his father-in-law told him, look here, you're going to have to get somewhere and sit down or or get you a captain together. These people are going to kill you. Mm-hmm. That's how much ex- accessible accessible that Moses was to the people. But we have pastors now. You got you got to go through two adjutants and three secretaries, you know, just to get a meeting mm-hmm. or to 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 to, to, to uh, say a concern or something that you may have going on at the time. I, I think that a pastor should always be open. And don't get me wrong; I know with larger congregations, of course, you have to have mm-hmm. other people, and then yep. the very important issues come to the pastor. Yeah, and uh, that is so true. You do have to that have is it. true. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. So I do understand that. But what I'm also saying, though, is that in those times where you do have these long, large congregations, and a member just wants to say hello, mm-hmm. they ought to be able to say hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your day, even if they got to wave at you as you yeah. get in the car. <laughs> you know, yeah, that that does a lot to a person to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, them feel that you, you know, you really are their shepherd. And let's talk about the call of God, because the call of God is not just for the pastor. I think we are all called to do great things for the kingdom, to build the kingdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. The community as well. So we are all worth that. You know, if that makes sense for our audience here today, we are all worth it. You know, there's no one that- Jesus tell the disciples? Jesus told the disciples, go ye and make disciples of men. He didn't say go out and get members for the church. He said, go out and make disciples. So what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Christ. So we are to go out and make other disciples, other disciples who make other disciples who make other disciples. We are to make disciples. And what is a disciple? Not only a follower of Christ, but an example of Christ and Christ's teachings. What would you give? What type of advice would you give to our listeners today who are musicians or who do feel like they're supposed to use their music to glorify God? What would be your advice well, for those the people? Advice I would give to them is just my personal testimony. I came from R and B, and now you know, and I had to sit and learn, and I had you know, I had to learn how to play church music. And every every once in a while, I get some of that old school riffs in the, in, mm-hmm. in the music that I play. But now it's different because um, I, I'm no longer blowing the horn to the glory of Satan, but to the glory and honor of God. Mm-hmm. And music is music is music. But I, as I tell people all the time, it's not so much the music unless it, there is tonality, uh, tonal music that is definitely designed by Satan. And then when you hear I those- I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that yeah. because you said you were blowing your horn for Satan, but- People may think, oh, you were like a devil worshiper or something, like going to cults and stuff. But can you explain a little bit deeper yeah. that well, it, it wasn't words, for the we, Lord, so it was? Right. So in other words, I was playing music, but it was not to the glory and to the honor of God. Even though music is just music, the Bible says, whoever you uh, lend the members of your temple to, he is your master. So mm-hmm. when I say it was the devil, the devil at that time was my master. I'm not saying I'm playing devil music. I'm just saying he was my master. But when God became my master, now I blow to the glory and to the honor of God. That's Thank what you. I meant. Thank you. So our young people who are listening today, or maybe you're not a young person, maybe you just have this talent, use it to the glory of God. Use it. To I will the not glory be one of those God. people because I don't have <laughs> any musical talent. But if you do, use it. Use it. That's amazing. Absolutely. And wh- how do you think your music has evolved over the years? You've been doing it for 22 years now in the church. So how yes. has it changed? 
I, realistically, I did um, from the first two CDs, Seek Him and um, uh, the other one, Anointed, were actually written, and I know you're going to find this hard to believe, before their time, before the music really changed the gospel, even the gospel industry and the gospel sound now, where it's more urban uh, and it's more contemporary. That's the word I want to use. It's more contemporary. We're during that time when I was writing these songs, they were into the choirs, Hezekiah Walker, John P. Keys, you know, they were into the choir. So my music was different, so different that they couldn't accept it because that time had not came until Kirk Franklin came in and kicked the door in yeah, and said, you know, it. for those of you who say it's gospel music, it's gone too far, you know, and then Kirk Franklin <laughs> came in, kicked the door in, and now my music has become relevant and me not knowing that my God had given me songs even before the time that I was living in that was actually meant for the time that I'm in right now. And wow. so what I've done is I went through some of the old songs that I did from the CD, um, Seek Him and Anointed, and I began to update the sound. And that's why you hear God. I appreciate you. Uh, anointed. Well, you're that. Mm-hmm. Dum, 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 dum. You, you can hear it now. People, the young people are listening to those type of tonalities and that sound and that beat. But as I would say to the young people, it has to be more than just the sound and the beat. It's very important that it is the message behind the music. What is the message behind the music? You know, I, I believe now we've, we've gotten to the place where we're so contemporary that when we're singing about all this and he does that, we, we, we have not mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. Who, who are you talking yeah. about? We got to get back to calling his name Jesus and mm-hmm. not talking about, you know, he's my friend. I don't know who your friend is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're talking about Jesus, if you say Jesus, then that's the friend I know that you're singing about. Yeah. Yeah. I think you make a good point. Recently, I heard on another podcast that worship is now a genre, which is true. It used to be just adoration to the Lord, but now it's a, ge- a genre. Yes, you know, it now it's, you know, we kind of lost the heart of it. We need to go back to the yes. heart of it. We need to return Absolutely. to the message, you know, like you're exactly right. My friend, my friend say Jesus, you know, like we need to put the name out there. He he needs the glory, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and of course the world wants you to get away from saying Jesus because there's power in that name. Mm-hmm. The Bible says demons tremble just at the sound of that yeah. name. Don't you know the devil, demons get nervous just when you go, Yep. Don't get Jesus all the way out because you're going to scatter about mm-hmm. 10,000 demons. The Bible yep. says that G- demons tremble at just the sound of that name, Jesus. I want to go back a couple minutes ago. You said that God gave you something, but it didn't come to pass until now, right? He gave yes. you something in the past. And wow. So what can we learn about that today? How can we apply that? That maybe God is teaching us things today that we have to hold on to and steward well, like the talents that you were talking about earlier. Yes. For future release. For That's future crazy. Release, you look at the story of Moses and you look out those 40 years and Moses, Moses was on the backside of the desert, most likely thinking that his life was over and that I'm just going to settle with just being a, uh, a shepherd and take care of my wife and help my father-in-law and tend these flocks. That's Did a pretty not nice know life. That. I mean, that's pretty good. You know, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. complain about that. <laughs> living a good life. Yeah, he's still living yeah. a good life. And, and until he realized that God has an appointed time for him. Mm-hmm. For his purpose now to come forth and it to be completed. And God he revealed himself 
in, in the uh, emblem of a burning bush that would not. And it caught Moses's eye. Many of us, it might not have caught our eyes because we might not have looked at it long enough to see that the bush did not completely burn. Mm -hmm. Many of us probably would have looked at it and said, oh, that bush is going to burn out and kept right on going. But it was something in that burning bush that allowed Moses to just keep looking at it and see the bush was not being consumed and to walk towards uh, his future. That's where it all began. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, it, when you're talking about seasons, and I think that's another thing, you cannot rush God's season for your life. And many of us do because that's a we're inundated with seeing everything that's on YouTube uh, and all of these other Instagrams, and we see all these other ministries doing great and big things, and we want to get there now. We want to get there now, and God says it's not your time. Yep, because Man, many of so us, if we, yeah, if if we get there now, we won't last. Mm -hmm. But if we get there when God intends for us to get there, then we will be able to maintain and hold fast to our faith. Amazing. It's like giving Amazing. a five-year-old, I often use this example, it's like giving a five-year-old the keys to my car and tell him to go to the store and get a loaf of bread. He can't reach the steering wheel. Nope. He can't reach the gas pedal. He may be able to turn it on, but he can't drive. He can't see above uh, the wheel. So it's, he, it's before his time. We have to wait till he grows to a level where he can see clearly. And I think that's what God allows on many uh, occasions for us. We have to get to a certain level where God now can mm -hmm. allow us to see some things of our That's past good. that will reflect on us having a better future. And I don't think it's just time. Yes. I don't think it's just time. Five years will pass, then it's time. No, no, no. It's not like growing up, you need to, you need to devour the word. You need to spend time with the Lord, and then he'll reveal things that you need for that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, sir. I want to talk uh, the rest of our time here focusing on your newest release. God, I appreciate you. Just tell us a little bit about this song, how it came to pass, and, wow. and what we can find from this. That was amazing because, as you said, how do I juggle all of this singing, preaching? Uh, we were in a service, and uh, the spirit was high. We was in our praise and worship service. And as we we're in our praise and worship service, I just, the musicians were playing, uh, Brother Bonner, Raymond Bonner, I think it was uh, William Eldridge, Brother William Eldridge, and I'm trying to remember the young lady, Victoria. What's Victoria's last name? She was on the drums. I kept flowers, Victoria Flowers. And she was on the drums. And I just heard through the Holy Spirit, God, I appreciate you. I heard that Holy Spirit begin to speak inside of me. God, I appreciate you. And I started thinking about the word appreciate. The word appreciate means to value at one's full worth. I value you, God, at your full worth. In other words, I just don't praise you for stuff, but I praise you for who you are yep. and what you have been to me in my life. That's what not I just stuff. So that's another one, man. Yeah, yeah. Just not about the stuff. It's not about the stuff yeah. that He gives us. It's not about the gifts. It's about the giver of the gifts. It's we need to focus back on that. Yes, oh. sir. Absolutely. And that's where the song came from. A Sunday morning praise and worship. We're doing praise and worship. And God said, just sing this. And I told everybody, you just read that with God. I appreciate you, God. And they started singing. And I could tell then, I said, I have to record this song. This is just more uh, than just a uh, spur of the moment thing. Mm -hmm. This is revelatory. This is something God wants the people to hear all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And where can we find this song? Well, you can find it on uh, iTunes. You can find it on uh, Amazon Music. You can find it on Spotify and uh, all of the music platforms, Pandora, 
uh, did I say Am iTunes? Yeah, Amazon Music, any of the music platforms that you just look under Bishop Robert G. Moore Jr. and The Voices. Again, look under Bishop Robert G. Moore Jr. because I use all of the above and The Voices and you will find all of our latest single releases. Thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today, Robert. I really appreciate it. And if you could give us one more piece of advice or one overall thought that we could leave with today, what do you think that would be? The overall thought is that don't allow yourself to be limited to what God can do in your life by trying to match up with what you see other people do. <laughs> My main thing would be don't look for validation from people. The only validation you need is from God. And if you believe in yourself, you will always have that validation. It's not about there may be people more popular than you. There may be people that can speak better than you. There may be people that can do this better than you. But nobody can be you but you. That's so it. use the you to the best of your glory, to the best of God's glory, and to the best of God's opportunity as using you as a chosen vessel. I love it. That ties it up there. Thank you so much, Robert. If you could end our time with a prayer, I would really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you. I thank you for this interview. I thank you for the opportunity even to share the testimony, God, of the things that you have done in my life and the things that you will continue to do for Brother Dallas Montague all the way uh, in Brazil in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that as he preaches the word, that you will empower him and let signs and wonders follow the word that he preaches, that people will come running saying, what must I do to be saved? And as you told the disciples, you told them to go into the hedges and the highways and compel men to come unto you. I pray that his ministry will be successful as he begins to travel all over the world. And as there are many young people that's watching this broadcast, I want you to remember, if I got saved at 19, I am 61 years young. 42 years later, I'm still standing uh, in the army of the Lord. God is still my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that will provide. And I pray, God, that through this interview, someone will be touched. Someone will, purpose will begin to birth forth. Someone will say, you know, that's, he sounds similar to what my life is. And they will begin to trust God and use every gift and talent and ability they have to the glory and to the honor of God. And Satan, we serve notice on you. No weapon formed against Dallas Montague, against his podcast, against everything that he does will ever prosper because everything that he does, my God, he will have a testimonial of, of how God did things and brought him out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And when everything is said and done, God, we shall so carefully give your name the praise, the honor, and the glory will always be yours. And it is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.